Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, before we do get started, I do want to remind you our listener support campaign continues. You can support the campaign on a one-time basis at support.greatdetectives.net. You can also mail in a check at uh, the address shown there. And you can support the show on a monthly basis at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Among the thank you gifts we do have available is support.greatdetectives.net. At the $20 level, we can send you... Colonial Radio Theater's very well-done dramatization of King Solomon's Mines. It's just a great adaptation, wonderful adventure story. It's available with a donation of $20 or more. At the $50 level, we'll send you your choice of any Poirot BBC4 radio drama, a single release that's available through audible.com. And at the $100 level, we'll send you Poirot's Finest Cases, collecting eight separate adventures of Poirot. Full list of available items is available, support.greatdetectives.net. But now it's time for today's episode of Ellery Queen. And several weeks have passed since uh, the last episode, and as I mentioned, there was a change in casting. Howard Culver took over as Ellery Queen, and all we know for sure is it was just sometime after the Armchair Detective story aired. The original air date on this story is uh, April the 29th of 1948, and the title is The Three Frogs. Ellery Queen. In the interest of a safer American home, a happier American community, a more united state, the American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations bring you Ellery Queen. I dedicate this program to the fight against crime. Not only crimes of violence and crimes of dishonesty, but also crimes of intolerance, discrimination, and bad citizenship. Crimes against America. The American Broadcasting Company presents another case in the career of Ellery Queen, celebrated fighter of crime. As usual, Ellery invites you to match wits with him as he relates the mystery. And before revealing the solution, he gives you a chance to solve it. Tonight, Ellery's guest armchair detective, who will represent you home armchair detectives, is the famous columnist of daily variety, Miss Florabelle Muir. And now, here's Ellery Queen, your host for the next half hour. Thank you, Paul Masterson, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's case is much more Nicky's than mine. I urge everyone interested in the problem of juvenile delinquency to listen to... The Three Frogs. Nikki, so you decided to find a new apartment, but did you have to pick the east side, the slum? Around this corner, Ellery. Garbage tossed out the front windows, gangs of young hoodlums. Nikki, do you know what the incidence of crime in this, in this neighborhood? <laughs> well, for the love of... That three-story and basement brownstone over there, Ellery. <laughs> Take it back, Mr. Q. Oh, in space. 
<laughs> Around the corner, and it's a very nice street. Nothing wrong with the house, either. You sure the place isn't haunted? There must be something wrong with it. I'd like to see the ghost who could make me move. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dorothy. Oh, wait, Nikki, I'll go up with you. I'd like to see that apartment. Nothing doing. You'll wait till I fix it up. Well, all right. See you tomorrow, Nikki. <laughs> Night, Elry. Night. Good evening. Oh, good evening. I believe we're neighbors. My name is Stankman, Clyde Stankman. Oh, yes, you're on the floor above me, Mr. Stankman. My name is Nikki Porter. How do you do? No, no, allow me, Miss Porter. Oh, I thank you. You know, young women really shouldn't live in this neighborhood. Why not, Mr. Stankman? Too much crime. There was just a... Th- oh, Mr. Gazzol. Miss Porter, Miss Porter, Miss Porter, Mr. Gazzol, top floor. Hello, Mr. Gazzol. I'll shut him up there. Mr. Stanklin, did you hear... Mr. Gazeau was reporting the U.N. for a Paris paper, Miss Porter. Yes. How thrilling. Uh, no, no, mademoiselle. Very dull. I'd much rather report your crime news. Uh, monsieur, did you hear on the radio... That street fight two blocks away? Oh, uh, no. Yes, Gazeau, I've just been over there. Bad. Then it is where I'm going. Pardon, mademoiselle. Oh, certainly. Hello, it is that Was anybody hurt, Mr. Stanklin? Yes. Gang of hoodlums, mere boys started it. Oh, dear. Well, I'll be saying good night. Good night, Mr. Stanklin. Good night, Miss Porter. Now, where was that light switch again? Oh. What? Yeah, this is a real rod, sister, so don't get no ideas. What are you doing in my apartment? I was in a fight. I'm on the lam from the lousy cops. Aren't you a little young to be afraid of policemen? How old are you? Stay where you are. Fourteen and no cracks. Fourteen. And what's your name? Frankie Clough. And you're going to hide me out, sister. I'll... I'll... You're bleeding. Still, Frankie. Uh, uh. I know it hurts, but I've got to wash some of this blood away, Frankie. Uh. It's no use fumbling around for your artillery. I've hidden it. You. Oh. I... It's a trap. Sister, you call the cops and I'll. Who's that? Yes? Who's there? Police. Cops? You call them. You... Be quiet. I told you, Sergeant. This is Nikki's new apartment. Ellery. Nikki, it's Ellery. Come on, open. I'm getting out of here. You're staying right here, Frankie, and keep your mouth shut. Coming, Ellery. Well, if it isn't E.Q. and Sergeant Veeley, fine time for a visit. What's up? All hallelujahs broke loose over on Stucker Street, Miss Porter. I was on my way home, and I ran into the thick of it. And uh, Veeley here. Yeah, somebody in the back uh, thought he saw a kid duck into the alley behind this house, Miss Pete. <laughs> he wouldn't be in your apartment, would he, Nicky? A boy? Who is he? What'd he do? Well, apparently he's done a great deal, Nicky. He's one of the ringleaders of a juvenile gang who call themselves the Frogs. This kid is known as the Bubblegum Kid. The Frogs pulled a big job tonight, then apparently got into a fight over the division of the spoils. Well, what's going to happen to this boy if he's caught? What's going to happen to him, he's going to get what's coming to him, and that's plenty. Juvenile court and probably the reformatory. That's going to cure him, won't it? I know, Nicky. It's a tough problem. But what are we standing here in the hall for? As long as I'm here, Nikki? Not till the place is fixed up. Why, Nikki? 
You'll have me thinking you've got that young hoodlum in there. Oh, go on away. <laughs> Come on, Sergeant. Right. Good night, Miss Porter. Good night, Sergeant. Good night, Becky. Good night, Ellery. Well, Frankie, you still think this is a trap? I... I don't get it. Hey, lady, what are you doing? You're going to bed. You stay bed. Hold still. You're going to undress me? Well, you can't go to bed with your clothes on. I'll undress myself. All right, Frankie. But be very careful. Well, you going to stay in the room? No, Frankie. Just wear my pajamas. Put on a dame's pajamas? No soap. Put this on, Frankie, here. I put it on for you. Uh, okay, okay. I'll be right back. Hey, where are you going? For well, the doctor who lives on the ground floor. No! No, I don't get no doctor. And then, Frankie, you and I are going to have a little talk. This is going to hurt. Dr. Krugel, isn't that an awfully nasty wound? Yes, lost a lot of blood. But I wouldn't worry, Miss Porter. These slum boys are tough. Well, Frankie's no slum product, Doctor. He's my uh, nephew. Really? Oh. Uh, how did you get this knife wound, Frankie? That's not from a knife. I was climbing a, a fence with glass on top. Cut me all up. Oh, I see. Uh, he mustn't be moved, Miss Porter, and that wound has to be watched. I'll be okay. Let me alone. I'll watch it, Dr. Cordell. I've had some nursing experience. Good, good. There, young man. How does that dressing feel? Oh, great. Should be changed every 12 hours, Miss Porter, and uh, watch his temperature. Yes, Doctor. What do I owe you? Well, since we're neighbors, Miss Porter, I'll, uh, I'll send you a bill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take a look in on him tomorrow. Good night. Good night, Doctor, and thank you. Well, that's over. Feel better? I made me nervous. Hey, what are you doing? Just tucking you in. Uh, that little guy don't look like no real doctor anyway. Looks more like a, a toad all hunched over. Frankie, we don't talk about other people's physical defects. Not Dr. Cordell's fault that he has a hunchback. And it's to his credit that he was able to overcome his handicap. Handicap? Everyone has some handicap to overcome. Some of us have to overcome the way we started out in life. Like me, you mean? I'm doing okay. There you are. Frankie, I think we ought to let your father and mother know where you are, don't you? Why, who? <laughs> hey, what do you think I am, a boy scout? No, Frank. I don't think you're a boy scout. You're not man enough to beat one. Say, listen, baby. The name is Miss Porter, Frankie. Don't you have any parents? Ah, oh, Sure. Uh, my old man's doing a stretch and stir, and my old lady, I... I don't know where she is. Ain't seen her for two years. I see. And where do you live, Frankie? Oh, around. We frogs got a clubhouse, kind of. I sleep there on the floor most of the time. Hey, this bed is the nuts. Frog? Yeah, my gang. The big shot who organized it calls himself the frog and... Yes, Frankie? Go on, I'm interested. <laughs> I, uh... I... I made it all up. <laughs> hey, um, where are you going to sleep? In my bedroom there. Now, you'd better get some rest. Hey, wait a second. Why are you doing all this for me? What's your angle? Angle? <laughs> Frankly, not everyone has an angle. Oh, no. I suppose you're doing this because you like me, huh? 
That's one reason. Huh? Another is that everybody talks about helping boys like you, but very few actually do. Nobody's got to do nothing for me. Frankie, I'd like you to talk to that man who was here a while ago, the one I called Ellery. Yeah? What for? Who is he? Ellery Queen. Ellery Queen? That cop-loving... I knew this was a trap. Frankie, no. I want out. Let go of me. No, Frankie. Go. <clears throat> so bushed, I can't even get away from a lousy dame. You're staying right here till you get well. This queen will sick the cops on me. No, Frankie, he'll help you. His old man's a cop. He's got cop blood. I hate every lousy cop that ever Frankie, was... Frankie, suppose... Suppose I promise not to tell Mr. Queen about you till you say the word. How's that? I... Okay, okay. It's a deal. Now, I'm going to turn the light off. Say, ba- uh, Miss Porter. Yes, Frankie? I, I'm sorry I called you lousy day. Night. Good night, Frankie. We've got to find that bubblegum kid. We've got to. Yeah, Inspector. Oh, Dad, take it easy. Inspector, why is this boy so important? Because, Nicky, I think he knows who the frog is. The adult who organized the kid gang and directs their operations. Oh, you make him talk, Inspector? We've got to break the back of this gang. Believe. The boy's hiding out around Stocker Street somewhere. You get down there and don't come back till you find him. Yes, sir. Let's see. I think we've been trying to find him. Go on, you two. Go home. Inspector. What, Nicky? Why do these boys hate policemen so? Because they're on the street and they figure the officer's there to spoil their fun, Nicky. Fear, Nicky. Hate is made by fear. Any cop worth his salt knows he's got to sell the kids on the idea that he's their friend, which he is. But they learn to obey the rules the way they've got to when they grow up. Look at the way they have to grow up, Inspector. I know, Nicky, but after all, we're only cops. We can't change social conditions. That's a job for everybody. And I've got to report to the boss. Night. Night, Inspector. Night, Dan. Well... Nicky, why this sudden interest in slum kids? Oh, just generally. Ellie, I've got to get on home. Oh, sure, I'll take you. Put up, Father. No bother at all. I'd like to. Come on. Ellie, no. What's the matter, Nicky? Isn't your apartment fixed up yet? Oh, well, not entirely. I... Or don't you want me to see the boy you're hiding out? How'd you know? <laughs> I didn't. You just told me. Ellery, he's only 14 years old. His father's in prison and his mother's... Nicky, a... the boy's broken the law. I know, but Ellery, he's just a child and he's hurt. Oh. But, Nicky, if he can put the finger on this man they call the fraud... Frank, he doesn't know who he is. Ellery, he doesn't. Nicky, he I not. tell you, he doesn't. He sends them messages. They've never seen him. That's what Frank, he says, and I believe him. But even if he's lying, to turn him over to the police now... Ellery, I want to show him that not everyone's an enemy, that there are decent people in this world. People who... We'll give him what he's never had. Love. And I'm doing it, Ellery. I'm getting somewhere. He's, he's fighting me, but he's losing. Let me have him for just a little while longer, won't you? Please, please. Nicky, if Dad ever finds out about this, you'll have to hide me out, too. Take a look at yourself in the mirror, Frankie. Am I sharp? <laughs> Thing ain't, Nicky. This suit must have set you back plenty of moolah. Oh, never mind that. You're sure you feel well enough, Frankie? Ah, uh, in the pink, in the pink. Then come on. Well, where are we going? What's the mystery? Well, Frankie... Good evening, Miss Boy. 
Porter. Oh, hello. And this is the nephew, Miss Porter? Uh, yes, Mr. Gazzo. This is Frankie. Very nice-looking boy. Hello. Hiya. Hello? And Mr. Stanklin. Mr. Who? This boy looks familiar to me. Let's get a move on, huh, Nicky? Oh, yes, Frankie. Nice to see you both. Good evening, Mr. Very familiar. Here you are. Why, Frankie, you remembered the door. Thank you. Ah. Uh, say, Aunt Nikki, who's that little Frenchman? What's his racket? Why, little Mr. Gazzo is a reporter for a French newspaper. Oh. And, um, uh, who was that great big tall old guy? Mr. Tanker? Another neighbor, apartment over mine. They say he has a strong box full of bonds and his... Yeah. Nothing. Nothing, Frankie. You scared I'd crack his box, swipe the bonds? Would you? You wouldn't like it, would you? No, Frankie, I wouldn't. That's what I thought. Ah, stealing is for suckers. Say, where are we going, Anniki? To the subway, to Brooklyn. Brooklyn? I have a niece there, Frankie. She's in junior high. I want you two to meet. A girl? I nothing doing. I think, Frankie, you'll find Ivy a little different from the girls you've known. Oh. Not a tough babe, huh? <laughs> no, Frankie. I thought maybe you'd like to take Ivy and me out to movies tonight. She's terribly anxious to meet you. She is. Huh. Sounds okay? Yeah. <laughs> Not so bad. Hey, could you let me have a dime? Oh, sure, Frankie. What for? I, uh, I feel like I'd like to have some bubble gum. <laughs> down here on the stoop to catch my breath. But why won't you tell me what Ivy said, Aunt Nikki? He might get a swelled head. You mean she liked me? She couldn't get over you being only 14. Of course, Ivy goes for the tall, lanky type anyway. Well, what'd she say? What'd she say? She said you look and act like a great big man. At least 17. You're kidding. No. How'd you like her, Frankie? Oh, oh she's solid. I, I never met a girl like that before. Say, Aunt Nikki. Yes, dear? How, how soon can you fix it for me to meet Mr. Queen? Frankie. Oh, Frankie. I just want to... Hey, hey, you kissed me. Here, Frankie, take my key. Go into the house, wait for me. Where are you going, Aunt Nikki? To fall Mallory. <laughs> Never had a chance before, that's all. Ellery, couldn't we send him away to school? I'd pay my share. I, I can't swing it all along. I want to talk to him first, Nicky. Well, of course. As a matter of fact, I was just coming over to your place anyway, with Dad. With the, inspe with the inspector? Ellery, what's the matter? Something's wrong. Does he know about, about Frank? No, no, it's something else. Dad, talk to Nicky. All right, sir. Uh, Nicky. What is it, inspector? Vili just came up with a report. The sergeant? He's found out something important. Uh, Vili. Yes, Sergeant. Uh, you know this Fagan calls himself the Frog or runs that kid gang? Yes. Well, I just got one of the kids to open up. Now, he don't know who the Frog is, but he does know where he lives. Where, Sergeant? In your house, Miss Porter. My house? Yeah, in one of those apartments. Really? Jimmy. Well, okay. Nicky, you'd better not go back there. There may be fireworks, understand? Yes, but... Uh, don't hang up. Oh, oh okay, son. Really? 
Yes, Owen. Wait for me downstairs, Dad. Nikki, it might be wise to get the boy out of there for the time being. Yes, Owen. Take him to the Y, Nikki. Park him there and come back. Quick, before we get there. Right. Oh, yes, Miss Porter. Mademoiselle. Oh, what's the matter? Frankie! Frankie! He's hurt. He's bleeding. It's his head, Dr. Dr. Cordell. Mr. Gazelle, just called me, Miss Porter. I just got here. Mr. Gazelle. I was going out for a newspaper, Mademoiselle. I stumbled over your nephew. He was lying here in the hall, bleeding, unconscious. Doctor, how is he? Oh, bad blow on the head. Doesn't seem to be concussive, but uh, Mr. Gazelle, let me lift him. He's so big. Yes, sir. Here, let me help you. Hey, so, on so soon after. Easy, easy. There. Oh, oh. What? What's no, that? What's the Isn't that Mr. That's Stanklin? It's Mr. Stanklin, I believe. It is. Mr. Stanklin, what's the matter? My bonds. My life savings. My bonds. I've been robbed. Hey, Nicky, now look. Porter. Don't talk to me, any of you. Nicky, in the first place, that boy is the bubblegum kid we've been looking for. I've been looking for when all the time she had a... I'm sorry, Sergeant. He was hurt. I had to give him his chance. And look what he did with it. Shut up, Vili. In the second place, we found a wad of bubblegum stuck to Stanklin's box. And it's got the print of the kid's right forefinger smack on it. Clear as a picture. Nicky, I'm sorry. I but... suppose Frankie hit himself over the head. Yes. The three-pound scale weight we found near him with blood on it was made to order for a fake... All he had to do, Nicky, was hold it high over his head and let it drop. And his prints are on that. Fantastic. Dad. Uh, what, Tom? This could be a frame-up, you know. Yes, that's what it is. It's a frame-up. We now know the man whom they call the frog, the brains of the gang, lives in this house. Then he's seen Frankie here, and he's realized Nicky was rehabilitating him. He'd want to make Frankie an example, so that the kid still in the gang would be held in line. So he knocks out Frankie, presses Frankie's right forefinger into the bubble gum, robs Stanklin's strong box, and leaves the gum on the box. And I'm Uncle Don. And that's just what happened. Yeah? Didn't we find traces of bubble gum on the kid's right forefinger? Of course you did, Sergeant. He was framed. Wait a minute, Nicky. Were traces of gum found anywhere else on Frankie, Dad? No, son. Just on his right forefinger. Why? I want to talk to Frankie. So do I. Oh, don't get him excited, please. Maybe he's still too weak. Doctor. Oh, hello there. Frankie's not well enough to be questioned yet, is he, Dr. Cordell? Oh, I think so, Miss Porter. Oh. Even though the blow was directly on top of his head, he's made a fine recovery. Frankie. I. Frankie, I'm sorry you two had to meet this way, but this is Ellery Queen. Hi, Mr. Queen. Hello, Frankie. Well, fella, it looks as if you're in a jam. Yeah. Yeah, they, they told me. But I didn't do it, Mr. Queen. Frankie, how'd you get that crack on the skull? Well, while Miss Porter was phoning, somebody knocked on the door. And I open it, and there's nobody there. I go out in the hall, and wham. That's all I remember. Get from behind, huh? Yeah. And somebody was laying for me, Mr. Queen. Frankie. Huh? Frankie. Who's the frog? I don't know. Hey, somebody lives in this house, kid. Now, who is he? I don't know, I tell you. Let me alone, you lousy... Frankie. I'm sorry, Aunt Nikki. Cops are my friends, huh? 
Can't you see he's telling the truth? The frog is Mr. Gazzola, Dr. Cordell here. I beg your pardon. Well, you, you could be, Doctor. Or maybe it's all Sanglin himself. Stole his own bonds or something, but Feige had nothing to do with it. I'm sorry, Nicky, but I'm going to have to... Now, Sam, now... Deb, I can clear the whole thing up for you. There he goes again. I can't help that, Sergeant, but now I know who the frog is and all the rest of it. <laughs> You have the mystery. Now, suppose you home armchair detectives and our guest in the studio compare solutions. Nikki? Certainly, Ellery. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Miss Flora Bell Muir, famous columnist of Daily Variety, the Entertainment World Trade Publication, and also West Coast correspondent for the New York Daily News. Welcome to the armchair, Miss Muir. Well, you shouldn't have too much trouble solving this case tonight. If memory serves, you've had a great deal of experience covering criminal cases as a newspaper woman. Well, Ellery, you're correct on one thing. I have had plenty of occasions to write about actual murder cases. <clears throat> but when it comes to something like your thriller tonight, well, that's another story. I'm not too much on the actual solving end of the mystery. Well, you're just <laughs> being modest, Miss Muir. Now, suppose we get down to the business at hand. Tell us, who is the frog and who stole the bonds? I think the Frenchman is the frog because that's the name we apply to Frenchmen. Probably might have taken it for that reason. I see. Yes, many people do that, use that term. What is your reason for selecting him as the guilty party? Well, he doesn't seem to have any uh, real connection anywhere. He seems to be running around interesting himself in uh, crime of one sort and another. He seems to have uh, some sort of a connection with Stangler or attempted to get acquainted with Stangler, probably, to find out whether Stangler had any, any bonds or not or any money. Thank you very much, Flora Belmure. We'll find out in just a moment if your solution is correct. Now, here's Paul Masterson. The economic and political upheavals this country is experiencing now as a result of the war provides fertile ground for those who sow the seeds of racial and religious prejudice. Either through ignorance or indifference, Many Americans these days are using the old scapegoat technique of blaming all modern-day difficulties on racial, religious, and other minority groups. Straighten out your friends who slander a whole group because of one petty personal dislike. Encourage respect of minority religions and races. Keep America great by promoting the racial and religious freedom that made it great. <laughs> Frankie didn't steal those bonds. Frankie? See what I tell you. It's purely a matter of bubblegum technique. The print of Frankie's forefinger was found on the gum stuck to the old man's strongbox. Traces of gum were found on Frankie's forefinger and nowhere else. Watch a kid remove a wad of gum from his mouth. You'll find that he uses two fingers, his forefinger and his thumb. No trace of gum on Frankie's thumb, no thumbprint on the gum. Frankie never took that gum out of his mouth. Someone else did and pressed Frankie's forefinger into it. A frame-up, as Nicky said. Yeah. Hey, what do you think of that? It looks as if we figured you all wrong, Frankie. Hey, Bill? Sure does. Ah, it's okay. Second, who's the fraud? Somebody living in this house. Now, aside from Nicky, who lives here? Dr. Cordell? The frog. The frog. Hey, remember, Aunt Nicky? I said the doc looked like a Frank. It's all right. It doesn't bother me. And he's a child. 
But believe me, gentlemen, I'm not this man they call the frog. Hey, wait a minute. Frog. The Frenchman. That's a slang word for Frenchman. Yes, and as nasty words, Sergeant, as kike, nigger, wop, polack, or any of the other insulting terms, some people use to assert their purely imaginary superiority over their fellow citizens. Oh, I didn't mean it that way, Maestro. I just meant Frog. Stamping. His voice. That frog insult. I think we can arrive at the frog by a more satisfactory route, Dad. Oh. What do we know the frog did? He struck Vili directly on the top of a head. But Frankie is tall. Dr. Cordell is small. Monsieur Gazot has been described as the little Frenchman. But what about Stanklin? A big, tall man. Only Stanklin was tall enough of the three possibilities to strike the top of Frankie's head. Stanklin framed Frankie. Stanklin is the frog. I think, Billy, we'll go upstairs and interview Mr. Stanklin. Let me at him. Thanks, Mr. Queen. Frankie, this time I didn't have to remind you. Boy, that was something. That was okay. Ellery, will he have to go to court? I mean, those other charges? I don't think we'll have much trouble in persuading the judge that Frankie deserves a chance, Nicky. He'll be put on probation in his Aunt Nicky's custody and mine. <laughs> oh, Ellery. Gee, don't, don't start bawling. Please, Aunt Nicky. Makes a good time on a ball himself. <laughs> oh, oh, now listen. Please, for heaven's Nicky. sake. You'll have me doing it in a minute. Nicky, will you cut that out? And there, ladies and gentlemen, you have the solution to our mystery. Thank you, Miss Flora Muir, for serving as our guest armchair detective this evening. As mementos of the occasion, I have for you a copy of my latest mystery anthology, The Queen's Awards, 1947 and a subscription to Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine. Oh, Paul. And what's for next week, Ellery? Well, Paul, next week. Oh, by the way, are you interested in cards? Cards? You mean bridge, poker, and such? Well, I... Well, it isn't about cards, Paul. Even though I call it... One Diamond. This is Ellery Queen saying goodnight until next week and enlisting all Americans every night and every day in the fight against bad citizenship, bigotry, and discrimination, the crimes which are weakening America. names used on this program are fictitious and do not refer to real people either living or dead. Among the members of tonight's cast were Howard Culver, Herb Butterfield, Kay Brinker, Alan Reed, Irvin Lee, Paul Fries, Ken Christie, and Don Morrison. Music was by Rex Corey, direction by Dwight Hauser. Entire production under the supervision of Ellery Queen. listening reminder, like any other profession, babysitting has its occupational hazard. But here are the tales of Willie Piper tonight. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.
This is Andrew Rines with otrwesterns.com, where we stream live old-time radio westerns 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, with a special twist. You select the tracks that get to be played. We've got a thousand different episodes from shows like Gunsmoke, Tales of the Texas Rangers, Escape, Gene Autry, and many more. Come check us out at otrwesterns.com slash live. Again, that's otrwesterns.com slash live. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio with Adam Graham. And now, let's get back into the show. Welcome back. Well, I have to say, Kay Brinker really did turn in a great uh, performance. And certainly it was a different uh, type of story with a very nice uh, change of pace. She put a lot of emotion and passion into the uh, part and a lot more than we've heard from Nikki, though, of course, our listening of to the episodes has been far from comprehensive. But it does uh, emphasize the type of show it was in this late part of its run with the very serious theme. I kind of felt bad for the uh, guest uh, armchair detective. Because that had to be an uh, embarrassing, uh, awkward moment. To use the phrase, frogs to refer to Frenchmen. And then to basically have the whole thing addressed in that way, like I said, might have been a bit awkward. Now, Howard Culver, the new star, the last of the uh, American radio Ellery Queen, was uh, was best known for his work on Gunsmoke, where he had the uh, recurring role of the hotel clerk, Howie Uzel. Now, of course, the hotel clerk was not in every episode, but according to IMDb, it added up to 48 different appearances um, over the run of the series, which is uh, quite long. Over radio, he uh, was the star of Straight Arrow, a very interesting Western series I've been curious about, and uh, we'll bring you an episode as for those of you who uh, have the app as uh, one of our app extras in the next uh, couple of weeks. Our listener support campaign does continue, and you can support the show on a monthly basis at patreon.greatdetectives.net. And we have a wide variety of different levels, ranging from 2 to 9 One level I'll highlight is our Chief of Detectives level. At the Chief of Detectives level, and we only have 38 more spots available, you get access to our premium site, your choice of Colonial and uh, BBC uh, Radio single releases once every six months. And you can also nominate a show for us to play as a Patreon listener special. And it doesn't actually have to be in the uh, detective genre. And if you are a business person, you can record an ad that will air after the show about your business. It's got to be uh, family friendly and it's all subject to host approval. Uh, There are quite a few other benefits. Uh, You can check them all out at patreon.greatdetectives.net along with all the other uh, listener levels available. And uh, all donations at the Patreon level help us achieve the Patreon goals, the first of which is an upgraded server, as we're moving to two video theater episodes a month starting in uh, this month. And then at the $1,000 level, we'll move all advertising to the after show portion to get more quickly into the uh, episode. Full list, uh, again, patreon.greatdetectives.net. 
And then for one-time donations, support.greatdetectives.net. That will do it today. Tomorrow, Gerald Moore returns as Philip Marlowe, and next week, another episode of Ellery Queen. I should say that we only have three more episodes of Ellery Queen, so coming in four weeks, it's Hearthstone of the Death Squad. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.